Hey lovely ladies, it's Jen. I'm a mental wellness weight loss coach and I help women who are struggling with emotional eating. It can be a roller coaster ride of cravings and comfort and just drive you absolutely bonkers. So I break down how you break free from emotional eating, binge eating, chronic dieting, and kind of take a new approach, an untraditional approach to the way we look at eating, the way we look at weight loss, and the way that we look at living. So enjoy. This podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be used as medical treatment or medical diagnosis. And as my seven-year-old would like to say, sharing is caring. So send to a friend you think would benefit. And of course, on your socials, I'll love you forever. And don't forget to subscribe to Freedom Within to not miss any other future interviews or episodes to the show. Enjoy. Good morning. Well, it's morning for me. (laughs) This is actually the last couple of days I have with the kids in school before Christmas. So I just wanted to create uh, a second piece to some tangible ways to start to change the way that you eat. Cause it's just not about what you eat, which is important, but it's how you eat and how your relationship with food looks like. So creating different, um, I'm just going to give you some tips and tricks that you can use and implement and create some different pauses within your eating journey and it just helps you to become more mindful and just create some uh, more realistic sustainable habits that can help you today as well as in the future and the longer you do it and start to become this person that eats air quotes normally whatever that is for you um it just becomes more second nature and becomes something that becomes easier so i already created a bonus episode for you about changing your uh, tangible tips on how to create a meal plan and what that looks like for changing the diet mentality into more of just an intuitive eating plan. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about more in depth on the mindfulness portion. Uh, We talk a little bit about the hunger cues in that one, but go back and listen to that episode, that podcast. And today we'll get even a little bit more granular with some things that you can do. Um, But yeah, this is going to be a fun episode and okay, let's get started. So Really, when you're tuning into your hunger, you want to check to see, like, are you hungry? So I know this sounds so simple, but most of us are so conditioned to eat just on a timeline or if there's food in front of us. And most of us are going to eat whatever's in front of us. Like you're going to finish. It's kind of like a biological, you know, like our bodies see food. They want to eat it. You want to finish it till it's gone. So it's more of a, it's not necessarily like your impulse control. It's almost just a human, a human instinct to finish what's in front of you. So being more mindful of what you're putting on your plate and then being, being more mindful of what you're doing at mealtime and in between meals is actually going to be really important too. Um, so setting yourself up for success. When you start a plan, a lot of times you know, women just want to jump into removing everything and getting, changing everything you eat and bringing all new, fresh, beautiful foods and just like this whole new ballgame. But it's very difficult to go from what you're doing now to changing everything. So instead of that, um, really the awareness factor is going to be huge. So getting yourself a beautiful little journal, something that you can start to track. We're not tracking calories. Uh, I do encourage clients to track um, not crazy tracking, but just an awareness level. And down the road, once you get that emotional eating, that you want to get your emotional eating and binge eating under control before you ever even want to lose weight. Because until that's, you know, once that's ironed out, 
the next step will be easier for you. If you do it, you know, trying to lose weight and then the binge eating, it kind of just makes it, it it's almost impossible. So work on the binge eating, work on the emotional eating. These things will help, but listen through to my other episodes to help you with those things. And, you know, you could always sign up for, um, there's resources out there for you to, you know, work on those things. So this part's for you. You can still be an emotional eater, but you're not, you know, you know, the, you're have a better understanding of how to operate around your binging and your emotional eating. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I lost my train of thought there. So you have your journal, the journal's there for you, not for tracking. You're going to use, you know, the guidelines for clients for protein, fats, fiber, and then nutrients. So we want to make sure we're giving our body what it needs to live in a respectful, healthy way. So we're not eating to create, you know, this to restrict, but we're making sure we're adding in the things that actually needs to live. So you're mindful of that, making sure there's protein on your plate, making sure there's fiber on your plate, whether you're vegetarian or not, just making sure that you're making choices, not eliminating everything you love, but just making sure you're adding in those things that your body does need and starting, you don't even have to start with those things, but it is helpful a lot of time with digestion to start with those items. Um, they help with fullness. They help with uh, sedity, and you'll have the opportunity then to also eat things you love, your favorite foods that will also increase your satisfaction. Because if you've ever had that, you know, scenario where you really just wanted to eat a bag of chips, but you ate the carrots and you ate the hummus and you ate the popcorn and then you ate like the ice cream and then you ate and you just just kept eating because you're trying to find that specific, that specific food feeling and you don't get it. And then you end up eating the chips too. And then you feel bad. So you ate a surplus of calories. And really you could have just had an individual size of chips and like savored them, enjoyed them. And honestly, it wouldn't hurt your weight loss journey whatsoever. You know what I mean? So it's really just setting yourself up for those types of um, encounters that makes this easier, especially easy to keep long-term. Um, and as we, you know, as you go through your weight loss journey, you'll find that it is about trial and error. It's about uh, making mistakes and coming back and responding and using that journal to put in there the emotional side of eating. What happened? What was the issues? What was the roadblock? What was the, was it, is it family upset? Is it your job schedule? Like you need to get in front of having more snacks in your car, having more snacks in your purse, having more food available to you that are helpful to you. Is it, you know, you find yourself um, wanting things that your kids are eating and how can you operate around that? Or is it the loneliness at the evening? Can we get puzzles out and crayons out and, uh, or even maybe join a book club that's out of the house. So you're starting to implement some habits that are non-food related to counteract those windows of time and pattern interrupt what you normally do in those time periods of, eating more food or being focused on food while you're doing the mindful eating, while you're doing this relationship work. So it's a lot of pieces that come together as a whole. And you can't just, I mean, doing one is still better than doing nothing, but it is looking at this from a different perspective, from a lot of different perspectives. So tuning into your hunger, there's, you can pull up a hunger, hunger scale, an intuitive eating hunger scale on Google. And it goes from, you know, one to 10, 10 being you're so stuffed, like you just have Thanksgiving dinner, you want to throw up. <laughs> One being like you're starving, you're shaking, you could faint. And wanting to stay in that range of, you know, 
really just comfortably full, 80% full um, to, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting hungry. It's time to eat. Uh, allowing yourself those windows of time where your body can digest your food. Generally, for most people, it's around three to four hours. You can, you know, uh, experiment when it works for you. But just looking at times and making sure that you're like checking in with yourself. Am I hungry? And eating when you're really, really ready to eat versus like, I just eat 20 minutes ago, but I'm bored. So I'm going to eat again. And being able to say like, no, I can actually eat again soon and feeling really good about waiting. And that um, can take some, that takes some practice. It takes some mental aptitude to switch into those cures, but you totally can do it. Um, a lot of that is the energetics that I talk about in my program. But one of the things you can do while you're eating, when you tune into your hunger is separating everything that you're eating into um, quadrants. So whether it's a bowl of cereal or, you know, that's a little bit more difficult, but a brownie, if it's even apples, cutting it up and like separating into little piles on your plate. So you have a visual stop with what you're eating and looking at it. Once you eat the first quadrant, how do you feel? Eat the second quadrant, how do you feel? Eat the third quadrant, how do you feel? Because honestly, our bodies and brains, the your, your brain's not registering your hunger in your stomach until like a 20 minute lap. So it takes time. So taking those pauses, taking those periods of time to like eat slowly, it's going to help. Same with chewing your food. It's so underrated, but I'm a fast eater. I have to consciously make myself chew, but the more you can chew your food, first of all, you're going to taste the flavors a bit more. So your body will register the food that you're eating. Sometimes you will food down. Your body doesn't feel that it's eating until like a delayed response. If you chew, take more time, it'll actually signal your full, you know, in a more regulated way. And you can even set a timer in the beginning. You don't have to do this with every meal. Like you don't have to get your timer out, you know, when you're um, with a group of people, but try like one meal a day where you do a mindful exercise of putting a timer on for 10 minutes and seeing how long it takes you to actually eat a meal. Does it take you two minutes to finish your sandwich? Like it it's t just gives you that awareness level that you can extend that meal. I mean, I know some of us don't have a surplus of time, um, but at the same time, the more you can create this self-care regimen of eating more slowly and eating more consciously and mindfully, not all the time. I'm not even, it doesn't have to be perfect. There are times I eat standing. There are times I eat in the car. There are times, I mean, I have three kids and I do okay. You know what I mean? So I saw kinds, it's not about being perfect every single time, but especially in the beginning, just monitoring it and being like, did I have more time there? Did I take all the time that I needed? Did I actually wolf it through and I like I had more time? And you can actually see you'll start to like feel into your body more when you put that timer on. You'll be more conscious. You'll be more present with your meal. So put the timer on. Do try 10 minutes. If you can get to 20 minutes for a meal, like you're a rock star, even 25 minutes. But just monitoring, splitting that food into quadrants, checking in with yourself. Did I have enough? Should I wrap it up? Save it for later. Like you can wrap your food up and save it for later and eat it in two hours, eat it in four hours. You know, if it's something you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. How good will it taste in four hours? You know what I mean? Like I'm full, but let me eat it a little later. Another thing you're going to want to be conscious of is your hydration, uh, tracking that you're drinking enough water throughout the day. Uh, Cause it will signal you're hungry versus you're thirsty often. So that hydration point of drinking water, you can make it fancy and put some lemon in it or some lime or some 
oranges or, you know, if you want to flavor it with whatever you like to flavor it with, but just making sure you're getting hydration. I love making herbal teas and then putting extra water and ice, little lemon, some honey as like a little treat, especially in the summer. That's, I find it very refreshing in the winter. I'll drink it hot, but um, just figuring out ways to get more hydration in so that you won't confuse the hunger with hunger signals with thirsty. Um, so another thing you're going to want to do is making sure that I'm interrupting myself because I just want to say thank you for being here. I appreciate that you're here. And if you're enjoying and appreciating these episodes, please leave a five-star review and a comment. It helps this podcast get out to more women to hear about how they can overcome emotional eating, binge eating, secret eating, and have more enjoyable, pleasurable weight loss. I want that for you. It is possible. Do not forget to go to the show notes and look at all the resources that are available to you um, as you go on your journey. And with that, back to the show. You have an understanding of why you're doing this and like why it's important to you and starting to bring in things that what you can tell yourself when you need help, when you need to pick me up, when you made a mistake, starting to change those negative uh, beliefs or negative self-talk. I, you know, in my program, we, I have a belief checker, like you check what beliefs are who you are and what you believe and your story, and then start to rewrite them and bringing in those sentences and those words and, um, reminding yourself what you're working towards, who you are and what you're capable of can be really, really, really helpful. So you're able to, even if you're make mistakes, you can say, you know, I'm a person that gets back on track. I'm a person that tries again. I'm a person that keeps going, you know? So even if it's failing, you're able to encourage yourself in a way that would work well for you. Um, I personally don't track scale metrics, but it can be helpful to track body metrics and also how you feel metrics. So I do give clients trackers. You can create your own. Just put something where it's your, you know, you, you can check uh, every month, maybe the using a ruler, the soft rulers to check your arms, your stomach, your thighs. You know, you could do it that way, seeing how your body's shifting and changing, not worrying about the weight so much. Um, but because as you know, like, you know, muscle is so much leaner, you will get smaller, even though the scale might not change. So weight is irrelevant in a lot of regards in that way, especially when you're working on a healthy journey. But um, but putting things in like, am I sleeping well? As How's my mood? Um, how's my sex drive? How's like things like that will create a good quality life. You can put some um, sections in there and then just check like, how did I do this week? Where, what do I think? created that results? What did I think I did really well? What did I think I could work on? Like just getting, asking lots of questions, getting really curious, um, having those reflection time, those goal times, the celebration times, or knowing your goals, like knowing what you're going towards, reminding yourself what you're working towards. Um, Because some, you know, some women it's about, they really want to become better role models for their kids. Some women really just want to look really great in a bikini this, you know, and feel really confident in their body. And like, we're allowed to want whatever it is we want. You know what I mean? Like there's no, whether it's no, like what's important to you is important to you. And there's a reason why, and you get to decide, but just reminding yourself that it's possible and that's what you want. And then reflecting on what you're doing and what, you know, what slip ups happen? Um, can you learn from them? How do you, you know, and we have 
the opportunity because we do eat like generally at least three times a day to try again. Um, and having some action plans and having some understanding of taking it really slow. So the first couple of weeks doing is just collecting that data. What does that look like? And slowing down. So changing the way that you're bringing in food, looking at food as a grateful, um, pausing to, you know, if you're religious, even if you're not religious, to pray over your food in whatever way feels comfortable so that you can just have a grateful mindset of appreciation that you have food in front of you, whether it's, you know, I would say whether it's a pristine, gorgeous farm to table meal or that convenient hot dog from the convenience store. So whatever it is that you're eating that we're, you're in a state of uh, the healing state of rest and relaxation because you're not stressed about what you're eating. So how you're eating is super important. Well, bringing in the, that mindfulness and making sure that's part of your, you know, it's part of the, it's part of the journey. So you're slowing down, you're savoring, you're enjoying, um, and I might stop here, just keep this short, but there's going to be things that you're going to want to look out down the road. So once you nail that mindfulness factor, those starting to bring in the feelings of under, you know, softening your relationship with food, not being in fear of binging, not being worried that you're going to get fat because you need something like those mentalities and, and those are gener those are the things that are keeping the weight on, which is surprising because you think if you, the more you can control it, the, the easier that the outcome would be the result you're looking for. But if you start to tune into your body, it's very smart. It knows what it needs and being really a lot more softer and um, open to letting it take a little longer than maybe uh, whatever that time frame of weight loss looks like for you. So often we underestimate like how much weight you could lose in a year because if you do an, a pound a week for a year, it's 52 pounds, which is a ton of weight. And that's a very helpful one to two pounds is a very helpful weight loss because generally you're losing fat versus weight, which could just be water. It could be bone density, it could be muscle. Um, so looking at if you're moving your body and just, you know, we're not counting calories because just naturally when you're mindful and you're checking your hunger cues, your body's going to take in less calories. Um, and it, so surprisingly, so you might think, well, if I eat, oh, if I give myself permission to eat all the things, but if you're learning the skills of how to eat mindfully, you will take in less food and it just bring in less calories and you'll be more satisfied. So it, you don't need to worry about so much, making sure you're, you know, at a hundred, whatever your calorie load is, you don't have to get too worried about that. Some people like to get into that. Generally, that's not my community. It's not my people. You've done it. Uh, makes you a little crazy, makes you a little hyper-focused, a little obsessive. And it's not something that can trigger some, you know, compulsion behaviors. And generally it's just not a fun experience all around, like checking back, you know, check. It's just, it's not necessarily when you start to just making sure that you're getting on your plate nutrients, uh, macro and micronutrients, and then eating mindfully. And I know it's just like, sounds so simple. It's very it takes time to implement and to create the process and the practice doing it long-term. So again, it takes as long as it takes to create these habits till you feel comfortable being able to go into any restaurant, go into anybody's house, 
have food around and not have to worry about who's eating what because you have the ability to say no when you need to and yes when you want to. And that's what the freedom of uh, this process looks like. And that's what I want for you. But it is helpful to uh, just take that time, start to start to, you know, monitor the feelings and things that are not necessarily the food. And you can also write down what food you're eating as well, so that you are able to look, you know, if you go back and listen to that other um, episode, I talk about meal planning of how to like create master lists of foods to bring in for the day to how to like, so that you have that information to look back on to see what's working for you, what's helpful to you and what's not. So it just gives you a lot of data, a lot of information, and then working from there on an individual personalized program that's personalized by you for you. Because honestly, you have to do the work so that you know what you need to do. It I, it's it sounds so great to have someone give you a meal plan and tell you exactly what to eat, tell you what to buy, what not to buy, and make sure that you're, you know, but at the end of the day, you need to learn how to do that so that when that person's not there or that meal plan isn't there or the meal plan that you decided you're going to be doesn't work with your schedule because you, you know, started a new job or you are now at on vacation or whatever it is that you can monitor, you could be flexible and make it work for your life. Um, okay. So continue to become more mindful. I, one of the exercises I give clients is just to, it's a connect with your food exercise. Um, again, you could use the timer for this, but picking out a food that you, it could picking out something you enjoy healthful or not, you know, maybe it's something you typically keep away from the house. Maybe it's something that's off limits or maybe just something you really love that is, you know, actually is very helpful to your body too. Um, and you bring a piece of paper while you're eating and are you, you know, something you can write with and creating a space that has no distractions, that has nothing that would take you away. So this is something that you probably wouldn't do on a, you know, at work or like this is you're setting some intentional space around learning how to connect with your food. And before you even eat, like looking at your food, smelling it, uh, giving thanks for it again, like, and then noticing your feelings, looking at it, any urges your body's having, like really checking into how your body's responding to it, any triggers that are coming up, any feelings like I shouldn't be eating this or this is not good for me, or this is really like, I just want to eat it really, really bad. Like whatever is coming up, it's just about the awareness in the mind with attention. Um, and then starting to eat the food, chewing it till it's like applesauce, which I know kind of sounds very aggressive, but the more you chew it, honestly, the better it's for your uh, digestion. And it just will help you extend the eating process. And after each bite, writing down how it feels. So this is why you wouldn't do this on a regular basis because this is, it takes a long time. But if you can do this a couple times a week, the first few weeks, it will create some really great connection with you and how you eat and slow it just naturally will slow your eating process down. So feel writing down how it feels in your mouth, what it tastes like, and then expand on the aspects of the foods that you like about it, like crunchy, creamy, salty, bitter, dry, moist, grainy, chewy, like whatever comes through for you in your mouth, the mouth feel, um, write, write it down, write how it feels to eat that food. If you love it, the fears you have about it. And then once it's fully chewed, swallowed, you can take another bite. And again, rate that food again, like start to talk about what you love about it. What's, what about coming through that you don't like? Maybe it's a food that you thought you liked. And the more you eat it, you realize it kind of tastes like a chemical. It kind of tastes 
like a bad bitter aftertaste. It's kind of not as good as you thought. Now that you're present with this piece of food, maybe you don't like it as much as something else that you would prefer to eat. And you get to be like a food snob. You get to like, I, I always say I'm like a very, um, I get like, not that I'm like a food, like, you know, I couldn't create this like five-star meal, but I want to eat things that I like versus like just putting whatever is in front of me in my mouth. Um, so having this process, you can do it at any fullness points too. So maybe you start it at a two where you're really, really hungry and see how hard it is to eat slowly and then do it again when you've just eaten, like you're at a fullness level eight, like you're pretty full, see what it feels like to try to eat more and how your body responds. Is there some things that kick in that say, well, I'm, I'm full. I don't want to eat another bite. Like, and can you start listening to those fullness cues? So start this at different fullness situations um, and then see what happens on either end of that spectrum of super hungry and super full. And how does it change the food experience for you? Is it amazing? Do you enjoy it more? Do you not enjoy it as more? Where in that food, where in that um, food scale, hunger, fullness scale feels really good to eat food? Finding that for you is important. So you do this exercise to tap into how your body and your feelings, what your body and what your what feelings come up to when you're eating and understand your food cues better. So this is just, it's just a quick little, it's not a quick little exercise. It's a, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, but um, I feel like I gave you some good exercises to do for you starting these things of creating more mindful eating and understanding of who you are and what your needs are from a food relationship perspective versus worrying about calories and editing down, you know, food and just having a food plan where you're measuring your food out. So you're just separating. You're not taking anything away. You're just creating pauses. You're just creating an environment that sets you up to understand what you need and what's best for you. Okay. All right. I think this is where we're going to stop, but we'll talk more about like other tangible ways that you can bring into helping you um, do a little bit different with how you eat. But I think this was a lot actually for this one episode. All right. I will talk to you later. Love you.